Come, O God, in our midst, not as an idea, but as the Word made flesh among us. Show us yourself. Open our hearts and our ears to hear your voice. Amen. So as you may know, we're kind of going all the way through the Bible as Ingrid sort of pointed to us, out to us. And in this morning's first scripture, God comes to a youthful Solomon in a dream. In most TV series I've seen, when people have an opportunity like this to make sure, they make sure to ask God the meaning of life. Homer Simpson, for example. But not Solomon. Solomon could have asked for anything he wanted. He wanted to be a wise and generous king. But he asked for an understanding mind to govern your people, able to discern between good and evil. And God's so impressed with this request that he gives him to what he asked for. He gives him wisdom. Solomon also gets incredible riches, but that's sort of framed as a byproduct of his wisdom. He doesn't get riches and then become wise, but he becomes rich because of his wisdom and his understanding. Here, wisdom is one of the most precious, if not the most precious thing a person can possess. God is very impressed by Solomon's request. Wisdom is valuable. Wisdom is something worth pursuing because it leads to life. Wisdom is good. Wisdom is good. I'm sure that we could all agree here, if we were to raise our hands, and who thinks wisdom is good, raise your hand. Okay. We'll put out a little poll on Facebook just to make sure that we have an accurate representation of everybody's opinion. We can all agree that wisdom is good, but I'm not sure we quite know what wisdom is. Not exactly, at least. We might know that quality of wisdom, but I'm not sure we know exactly what it is. I remember reading an article a while back by Patrick Lencioni, who's a former commercial CEO, who's now a consultant and writes tons of books on business leadership and management. And he said that in our modern North American society, we tend to blend two different things together. Knowledge on one hand and wisdom on the other. Here's a saying I like, he says. Knowledge is understanding that a tomato is a fruit. Wisdom is not putting it in a fruit salad. In my work with organizations, he said, I've met many, plenty of supposedly brilliant people who put tomatoes in their fruit salad, leaving employees to shake their heads and say, how could he have been so stupid? But what they should have been saying is, how could he have been so unwise? As a culture, we tend to confuse knowledge and wisdom. We idolize knowledge, knowing facts, possessing data and figures. But having all the facts doesn't automatically translate into the right actions or doing the right thing or the best decisions. For example, if you were to interview nine out of ten of us on the street, we'd all probably agree that's that raising hands or the poll thing again, that kindness is better than indifference. But that doesn't stop us from shutting ourselves off from other people's suffering, does it? We know forgiveness is better than holding a grudge. 
but it doesn't always translate into reconciliation. You may know that personally. We all know that Tiny Tim is a better role model than Ebenezer Scrooge. And we all know that the meaningfulness of Christmas isn't dependent on how many gifts we buy or how much money we spend. But that doesn't seem to stop us from stress and debt and stuff come December, does it? We all know that these things are true, but that doesn't necessarily mean that we put them into action. And unfortunately, the Christian church hasn't been immune to this confusion either. Over the history, we have spoken as if knowledge about God is the main point of faith, as if holding the right ideas is enough, or that it will somehow even save us. But there have been plenty of Christians throughout history with the right ideas about God who have done nonetheless done tremendous wrong. The right doctrine of the Trinity on its own, for example, hasn't stopped anyone from participating in genocide. Nor has it inherently made someone love and serve the poor or the marginalized. The right idea doesn't seem to always translate into the right action. This isn't to say beliefs are wrong and irrelevant, they're important, of course, but wisdom. Wisdom goes beyond simple knowledge, facts, and data. It's about how knowledge is applied, how knowledge touches down in the real world. The kind of knowledge that gets in your bones and helps you make the right decisions and do the right things. We can have as much knowledge as we want, and I love knowledge. I mean, you should look at my bookshelf. For example, not that I've even read a quarter of them, but I love having them. I love having all this knowledge. We can have as much knowledge as we want. We can know all the right things. We can believe all the right things, but knowledge never alone changes anything or will ever make a difference in our lives. Knowledge alone will not save And according to the biblical story and the Christian tradition, wisdom isn't something we can just take off the shelf or acquire or keep on the shelf like me in my office. It's something more. It's something deeper. Something that comes to us. Something that shapes our lives. Now you might be wondering at this point, what does this have to do with Advent? What does this have to do with Mary, Jesus? Wisdom is fine and good. But what does this have to do with Christmas or Advent? At the end of today's service, we're going to sing a couple of verses from one of the oldest Advent or Christmas songs we sing, O Come, Emmanuel. The words are translated from the Latin of the 9th century, and they're called the O Antiphons. In medieval Europe, a new verse would be sung on each day leading up to Christmas. Each verse, one after another, reaches out, calling for Christ to come in our midst at Christmas to dispel the world's darkness. Day after day, new request after new request to heal the world, make it new. But verse 2 in the version we'll sing goes like this. O come, O wisdom from on high, who orders all things mightily. I would sing this, but... 
To us the path of knowledge show and teach us in her ways to go. You'll notice in this part of the hymn that wisdom itself has its own divine agency, its own personality, its own power. The hidden power that orders and structures the world and reveals the truth to us. One that calls out to us, one that shows us the right path to follow. And if we're able to pay attention, she'll teach us how to live lives that flourish, live lives that make a difference. She'll show us the path that leads to abundant life. This is included in this song because Christmas, the incarnation, is all about God coming in the flesh. And according to scripture and the tradition, Jesus himself is God's wisdom in the flesh. God's practical knowledge in the life of a human being. Like our second reading from 1 Corinthians put it, said, Jesus is the wisdom and the power of God. But it's not what we would call conventional wisdom. Conventional wisdom this time of year, especially, is the more stuff we have, the happier we'll be. Or that we can drink, eat, or buy away our blues. But it's not what we would call common sense. Common sense is not the same as God's wisdom. God's wisdom is hidden until it's revealed. We know that none of that stuff will ever satisfy. Instead, Jesus is the curtain pulled back on that hidden order of wisdom. That hidden order of the universe. Jesus' wisdom is what Paul calls foolishness to the Greeks. It's counterintuitive. It's countercultural. That to get to the top, we've got to be willing to spend our time with people who are at the bottom and the down and out. To be great, we've got to learn how to serve. To know forgiveness, we've got to learn how to forgive. It says that in order to become full human beings, we've got to empty ourselves to give ourselves away day by day by day, piece by piece in love, justice, mercy, love of God, love of neighbor. Jesus himself is God's wisdom in the flesh, the image of the invisible God. This season is our opportunity to open ourselves to this deep, holy, life-changing wisdom. And we do so by opening our hearts to God's wisdom and following Jesus in his way. Friends, we live in an uncertain world, one where the right choices, the right paths are, no, are so unclear. We live in a world that needs wisdom, one that needs to know how to make a difference, live the good life here, and now more than ever, and yet we more often than not confuse knowledge with wisdom, data with intelligence, facts, and understanding. So, as you celebrate Advent this year, as you prepare for the coming of Christ for another time around, know this, the wisdom that you seek is already at your fingertips. 
Jesus is God speaking loud and clear, setting the path for us, bearing our burdens on the journey towards full and abundant lives. He shows us who God is, but also models for us what a full human life is like. It's that practical wisdom, wisdom made flesh. And he shows us what our own lives could be like as well. And in following him, we actually learn how to go with the grain of the universe rather than run ourselves ragged against it. Jesus is not only the truth, a fact, or an idea for us to accept, but as the Gospel of John says, he is the way and the life. Jesus is God's wisdom, the pioneer, the teacher and guide, treading the path for us to Bethlehem. The path to true joy, to living a free, authentic and full human life. So as we journey to the manger together this season, let's see today as one small step in that long journey. May we open our ears, our eyes, and hearts to God's wisdom, walking in Jesus' way, praying, giving, serving our friends and neighbors, so God's wisdom might touch down in our world take on flesh, shape our own hearts towards goodness, and transform our neighborhood and our world. May it be so. In the name of Jesus, our wisdom and our way. Amen.